Welcome to the Relationship Channel. Teaching for Change, Trading as TFC, Grow Beyond brings to you a series of podcasts to enhance personal and professional relationships. I'm Catherine Mora and I'm your host for these weekly conversations. The Relationship Channel Podcast Series 1. So what if I'm angry? Episode 1. The four crazy but true things about emotions. The first crazy but true thing about emotions is that emotions are not static. Can you think of a time this week when you felt happy, upset, frustrated or joyful? This week I experienced lots of love as I heard the laughter of my little grandchildren, Andy and Eddie. (laughs) We're emotional beings and we experience emotions differently. Your experience in a certain situation might be quite different from my experience. Now you might be asking, but why is that if it's the same emotion? Let's journey together today to talk about a few of these differences. People have often confused emotions with feelings. Emotions prompt us to do something, not only to feel. They change as our understanding changes. So you might feel quite upset with the way a boss spoke to you and do nothing about it. On the other hand, you might feel upset and decide to say something. This action of saying something forms part of our emotional response as human beings. Now, Not saying something doesn't mean that the feeling disappears, but it might grow to be anger and even manifest itself in a fit of rage. We feel all kinds of emotions, and these emotions can mutate, they can change, and they can vary. Emotions are also depicted in books. Jane Austen in Pride and Prejudice writes, Oh Lizzie, do anything rather than marry without affection. An ancient proverb of the Bible says, A glad heart makes a cheerful face, but by sorrow of heart the spirit is crushed. Now, emotions are really valuable because they help us to respond to the situations we encounter daily. But the effectiveness of these emotional responses will depend on our emotional maturity. So the reaction of a child or the reaction of an adult can be quite different. Also, emotions can alter as the significance of that event alters. You might be dismayed with a parent that didn't discipline their child, but when you find out that they have their own struggles and they're dealing with an impending divorce, your dismay could change to compassion. A few researchers, Ekman and Scherer, described emotions as these adaptive responses to the environment. They're universally shared. We all have them. They're very cultural. It depends on our culture. And also they're very individual because every single person experiences them in a different way. Differences in our age, our education, our maturity, the industry we work in, and even our circumstances, can create a variation in our perception of these emotions. So shame, for example, 
might be associated to losing face in Japan or China, whereas in Australia it could be quite different. In Australia, it might be related to personal shame because one lied about an issue and someone found out. As you can see, emotions are complex. So where do you start? I recommend that you start by reading more about the topic. I've added a few resources below that will be helpful not only for yourself, but for your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your nephews, your nieces, and even for the adults that are surrounding you in your personal life. The first resource that I recommend is a book by Dr. James Dobson, Emotions, Can You Trust Them? It's a best-selling guide to understanding and managing your feelings of anger, guilt, self-awareness, and love. Now, he provides some very practical guidelines and simple steps to help anyone understand their emotions so that they can improve their interactions with others. Also, emotions such as love, anger, guilt are emotions that can be very positive in our lives if we learn to cope and recognize who we are. The second resource I recommend is a resource for children. The author of these books, a whole set of eight books, is Diane Alba. Diane is the author of many books, but the one I want to recommend today is named A Little Spot of Emotion Books box set. The set comes with a newly released hardcover special edition, and there are also plush toys to go with them if you want to use those. Diane Elba has a passion for art since she um, first held her crayon at age two, and that inspired her to earn a bachelor's degree in fine arts. And finally, she decided as a young mother of two energetic children uh, to write and illustrate her own books because she saw a need for a book that inspired art and creativity in children. These emotion books allow children to identify their emotional responses, but also to identify the feelings that sometimes they can't put a name to. Very valuable because if children can learn to deal with their feelings as they're growing up and their emotional responses, that can assist them in better dealing with emotions as adults. Recapping our first point, emotions are not static. The second crazy but true thing about emotions is that they should be under the control of the actor, but sometimes they're not. Controlled emotions are vital for individual and organizational effectiveness. One would think that emotions should be under the control of the actor. But sometimes the compulsions a person has to act or not in specific ways will relate to their auto and neuroendocrine changes. Uh, an example of this is the release of hormones into the nervous system. The Cannon-Bard theory of emotions explains it like this. Responses happen instantaneously in the thalamus. Now, the thalamus is a small brain organ that's responsible for obtaining all the sensory data. 
Now, when a provoking event happens, the thalamus may send the signals to the amygdala. Now, the amygdala is responsible for managing strong emotions like fear and anger. And it'll also send messages to the cerebral cortex, which is the area that controls our conscious thought. Now, when the nervous system receives these signals, skeletal muscles regulate emotions such as muscle tension, sweating, and nervous twitches. When we face physical and mental threats, there's also an activation of a desire to either approach a situation or avoid it. Now, American psychologist Walter Cannon mentioned that fear or anger could lead to this response, which he termed a fight or a flight response. This response consists of a tendency, as I mentioned earlier, to approach a situation or to avoid it. Now, both physical and mental threats can activate this reaction. We know that individuals can control their emotions. And as I mentioned right at the start, controlled emotions are vital for organizational effectiveness. But in some cases, instead of an individual regulating their emotions in a deliberate way and being motivated by clear goals and having conscious effort and attention when they are regulating their emotions, it can come across as automatic without any assessment or care. And those are the the reactions that we've been talking about where the emotions should be under the control of the actor, but sometimes they're not. Now, to make sure that you are able to control your emotions in very important situations, for example, such as keeping your job or interacting well with your children, I'd encourage you to seek help if you do find that certain emotions such as anger get out of hand. We do offer a number of courses, one-on-one courses and group courses that talk specifically about where your anger comes from, how to deal with it, how to identify triggers and patterns that have come through your life and work on tools to enable you to move beyond the reactions that you have at the moment. Another opportunity for growth is our Anger Management Online course. 13 modules that you can complete anywhere in the world at your own pace. The course will be launched on the 23rd of February next year. So book in as quickly as you can. Alongside the course, you have the opportunity to book into coaching sessions as well to make it more personable and also to allow you to discuss any areas that might be arising from the modules you've been working on. Recapping this section, emotions should be under the control of the actor, but sometimes they're not. The third crazy but true thing about emotions is that people can fake them. People are often expected to fake emotions. Can you think of a time when you received a gift you didn't like and your response to the person who gave it was very favorable? 
They might have even asked you what you thought about the gift, and you might have said it was great, when in reality, you were simply faking your emotion so that your friend would not be disappointed. If you stop to think for a moment, we have a tendency to fake emotions in many different situations, whether at work, at home, or with our children. In 1983, a well-known researcher named Hotchchild came up with a well-known term in the business world called emotional labour. Potentially, individuals are encouraged to suppress their emotions and fake more positive ones. For example, doctors might be expected to behave very politely towards patients, even when they feel stressed, frustrated, or when they feel tired. So when organizations expect employees to act friendly towards the customers when they don't feel like it, two emotional processes can come into play. They can either experience deep acting or surface acting. In deep acting, there's an attempt to alter the inner feelings, while um, in surface acting, there's a desire to adjust external facial expressions. Faking emotions for long periods of time can be detrimental to one's health. So let's imagine that you've been in the service industry for a number of years, and for all those years, you've been faking your emotions and pretending to be who you're not, portraying emotions that you actually don't feel. What happens is that it's all bottled up. Emotions don't have the freedom to be expressed. Now, that does not necessarily have to be the case. If we learn skills to express how we feel about a situation, and to share that with the customer or the client in, a, in an adequate way, that will be much more beneficial to our health and to our well-being. On the other hand, we have another extreme where individuals are expected to fake their anger, for example, to achieve greater results. Let's think of the construction industry where there's a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. And managers are asked to just get angry with these employees to ensure that they deliver results. Both of these are ineffective approaches. And learning how to deal with situations in an effective way, how to conduct yourself, how to express emotions, the feelings that have been bottled inside, is very important. And often the way to do this is to retrain yourself. We often offer coaching and opportunity for people to grow in this area and to retrain the way they deal with situations through learning new skills and new ways of doing things. I encourage you to do this, whether you do it by watching YouTube or whether you do it by reading or coaching. I encourage you to grow and make sure that you don't necessarily bottle all those feelings inside and, and provide an emotional response that isn't true to how you feel internally. That will ensure that you're happier and more effective at work.
that you're genuinely expressing your feelings within that workplace. So an example would be if a client is quite upset with you, you might say to them, thank you for your comment. I do feel quite upset with the way that you've responded right now, but I will do my best to address the issue. Now, what you've done is you've responded very diplomatically to them. You've said, yes, I I see there's a problem. I'm going to address this issue. But the way you dealt with this was ineffective. Now, when you do that, you're not only impacting yourself and providing benefit for yourself, you're also providing benefit for the client. Because that individual, that client, that customer can now see, yes, you know, you are doing your best and they have addressed you in a way that is inadequate and they might think about it when they address someone else in a similar situation. So if you feel that you need to grow in this area, book in for coaching. We offer two different coaching packages, so four sessions or six sessions, and you can use these hours up as you like weekly, fortnightly, monthly, or even spaced out according to your development and your needs. If while you've been listening to this section of the podcast, you felt that this is something you need, feel free to follow the link below and book in for your own personal development. Recapping this section, the crazy but true thing about emotions is that people can fake them. The fourth crazy but true thing about emotions is that they can be an attempt to solve or diminish internal struggles. Emotions have been defined as a means of awareness to capture the world around us in an attempt to solve or diminish our internal struggles in a way that will enable the individual to escape from having to act. There's also a suggestion that emotions have order and meaning and their functional role is to resolve our internal conflict. The advantage of being able to interact with the environment is that we can become more effective in dealing with the issues and the problems that we're facing on a day-to-day basis. Now, when we identify a situation or an event that threatens our well-being, there's a consideration as to whether we have adequate resources to handle the demand of that situation whether our strategy to cope with the stress is effective or not. And of course, stress will vary significantly depending on the way that we interpret events and the way we perceive stress. Depending on that perception, there are two types of appraisals that we can make. So there's a primary appraisal and a secondary appraisal. The primary appraisal refers to the cognitions that we use to determine the significance of that event. So, is this a threat to my well-being? The secondary appraisal relates to the resources and the alternatives that we have to deal successfully with a situation. So, um, do I have the skills to cope with the problem? 
In a similar way, like the emotional labor theory, there is an internal dissonance prompted when the stress generates that imbalance imbalance between our individual demands, our day-to-day individual demands, that can be greater than our coping reserves. Recapping this section, emotions can be an attempt to solve or diminish internal struggles. Thank you for joining us today as we explored the four crazy but true things about emotions. Hit the subscribe button below, check out the link with valuable resources, and I'll see you next week for episode two. What experts are saying about anger. <laughs>